everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the NFNL podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Sacco. We've got another great edition in store for you this week as we get deep into the final series in many of our competitions. We'll chat to the senior men's coach of the Diamond Creek Football Netball Club, Andrew Tranquilly, as the Creekers make their way to a preliminary final with a very strong win over Lower Plenty in last week's semi-final. And we'll also chat, speaking of Lower Plenty, to the captain of their netball side that won their first ever NFNL Winter Netball Premiership. And I'll speak to Bianca Clamp, also winning the best on court on the night as well. We'll review and preview all our senior men's and netball action across the week. And to help me do that, as he always does, is Josh Ward. Josh, thanks for coming on. Always a pleasure, Nick, as always. And while we really are getting to the pointy end of the season, you know, this time next week we'll be talking, we'll be pretty much predominantly focused on senior men's. You know, we've had the juniors grand finals, the women's grand finals these past weeks. So we've had the start of the netball grand finals last Friday, and we've got the final couple of ones this Friday. And well, we're into the thir- third week of finals in the senior men's mm. competition, and the second weekend produced some very intriguing results, and this third weekend it's a big one because we get our first senior men's grand final in three years as well. We absolutely do, and we'll preview all of that at the end of the episode, but let's talk about what occurred on the weekend in the senior men's, and, and we'll begin, of course, as we always do in Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1, two highly anticipated finals taking place at Preston City Oval. Saturday, of course, the qualifying final between Bandura and Montmorency. These were two teams... We probably expected to be in the qualifying final for the last few weeks now, but it was a, a very close game in the end. Montmorency producing a bit of a comeback at certain stages. Paddy Fitzgerald going nuts. I think he, uh, I think Montmorency had a five-goal run and he kicked three of them. He finished with five majors for the afternoon, but Bandura held on to prevail by nine points in the end, and they'll move on to a massive second semi-final with Heidelberg next week. Um, a pretty close game. I guess, you know, two sides that have been fighting out that second spot for, for most of the season. Um, and I think Monty gave everything they could knowing that they had a couple of key players out. Uh, but it was the Bulls that held their nerve and they're, and they're through to a second semi. Yeah, and I wonder as well, 2013, Montmorency came from behind in that grand final and and picked up the victory there. I wonder if, well... I think you mean Bandura in the grand final. Bandura as well. Yeah. Bandura, I beg your pardon, that just shows how short... How, Short my stint has been in the NFL, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it it was same same but different for that 2013 Grand Final, uh, and you know they held their nerve. Did Bandura? I think the the experienced players like you know your Nipper Marshalls, mm. your your Hamish Shepherd, Sam Lloyd, Luke Collins, they cl- clearly they came to the fore, and ha- just on Hamish Shepherd as well, I think he really took advantage of no Liam Wild Bucks mm. and did get best on for the balls but this is a really good win kudos to to Montmorency for for hanging on and uh, well for coming back and nearly getting the victory but yeah the Bulls they just keep on mar- keep on marching further to well keep their double chance alive essentially and book a big date with uh, Heidelberg out of Preston City Oval on Saturday once more so it's interesting now because I guess we were half expecting it to be a Bandura win, only because Monty have had a bit of the shackles in the last few weeks, lost some games they probably shouldn't have. They lost to Bandura only a few weeks ago, lost to the Roosters last week. 
um, before this qualifying final. So um, hadn't exactly been rosy for him anyway leading up to this game. Bandura now five wins in a row. They're well-placed to play this Heidelberg team, which we'll get to in the preview as well. So look, very fascinating to see what comes out of it because... Um, you know, for Bandura to get that result. Of course, I didn't have Luke Collins, who's still serving one more week of his suspension, but John Jorgensen up forward, terrific. You know, he just takes marks for fun, that bloke. Yeah. His ability to just read the ball in the air beautifully. Um, he's he's just outstanding for that football club and has been all year. Um, Sam Lloyd is coming into form at the right time. You're right about Hamish Shepard. Definitely made the most of uh, of the ruck battles and, and forcing Montmorency to have to try different avenues um, to, to try to get that ball going forward. But no, I think Bandura, they put in a complete performance, a very straight goal-kicking performance too. 11-3, <laughs> they finished, um, which probably helped him in the run as well. Danny Union came back from injury a couple of weeks ago. He contributed strongly with three majors. But, look, Montmorency definitely aren't out of the action. It's, it might be a bit of a tougher semi-final. We'll tell you why in a moment. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, having Marcus Lentini back and, and having him back now for the rest of the final series is going to be huge for him just to, just to truly try and um, help their case. Lin Jong's back from injury and has been settling in for the next few weeks. So definitely not out of it at the moment, but I think yeah. Bandura are just coming into things at the right time at the moment. And um, if they can just get some things going together, who knows, they could upset Heidelberg at this stage. But see how we go. I wouldn't be too surprised if they did because, yeah, they're, they're really finding form at the the right time. They're almost at full strength. And mm. Luke Collins, he's probably been their best player all year long and, and having him back would be oh, really, yeah, huge. really handy. And Sam Lloyd as well, he's just been red hot these last cu- a couple of weeks as well. You know, a while back, I think I saw he got like 40 disposals against Montmorency <laughs> out at Montmorency Park. And he's really been in red hot form and that's dangerous. We've seen what he can do at his best, you know, last year when he kicked 36 goals in 12 games. Uh, this year where he's playing a bit more of a higher up midfield role. He still managed to find the scoreboard too on Saturday as well. Yeah, so. he's such a phenomenal player and it's going to, it's just, yeah, we'll touch on it later, but it's an enticing second semi-final, I reckon, between the Tigers and the Bulls. And for Monty, they'll be facing West Preston Lakeside after the Roosters produce a very impressive win over Greensborough in Sunday's elimination final, getting over the top of the borough in the end to the tune of 27 points at Preston City Oval. Um, quite brilliant, really. Eight goals to do in the first half is, is what set the tone. And we were, I was there on Sunday and it was the West Preston of old coming to life, really. They just, it's something about Preston City Oval that just gives them that extra spark. They've now won their last eight finals games, all of them, of course, at that venue. Um, and they're starting to just build a little bit here, of course. They beat Montmorency last week coming into this game. They, they played the Magpies again in the semi-final this week, but they made the borough look second rate that afternoon. They were just terrific. You know, obviously some key players coming back into that team. Jackson Barling kicking three and taking some really strong marks. Ethan Penrith in that back line was just superb. But the man in a match that for that afternoon, it, it was no doubt Max Drew because he kept Tom Bell with to not only no goals when, they, when he went up forward, but he had no impact on the contest, Tom Bell, at all. And Max Drew was on him all day. 
and he was just absolutely brilliant. So they might have a, a mini tagger on their hands with Max Dredd. Josh Caddy also kept quiet in that midfield. Every time he got the ball, there was always at least two or three West Preston players around him just ready to tackle him and ensure that nothing came easy. So it was a disciplined performance from West Preston Lakeside. It's what you'd expect from the two-time reigning premiers. And uh, Rob Mayoran has got this, this team ticking at the moment. It's why you can never count them out at this time of the year. You definitely can't. can't. I think they clearly enjoy the short trip down from J.E. Park to Preston City Oval. It's just phenomenal. Eight finals wins in a row. You, you don't see that every day at any mm. local footy league. And just the way, just, yeah, from what I saw as well, just that first half, it it clearly was the West Preston Lake side of all. I think they only kept the Greensboro to just the two goals as well. It's, it, it's quite phenomenal. And they really are getting into form at the right time, you know, Jackson Barling and and Nathan Penrith coming back in, you know, Jackson Barling, whilst clearly he played a bit forward, that's 18 disposals and seven and a half tackles a game in 15 VFL mm. matches you're bringing into the lineup. And, and Ethan Penrith as well, you know, you bring in 13 disposals and five marks from the VFL. Those are some really, really big ins. Greensboro did have Tyne and Smith at their disposal as well, but, you know, I think he might have been... It not helped by the by the fact that you know West Preston were clearly on fire and the lack of delivery from the likes of of Caddy and Bell and Maxstra he's just gone from strength to strength these last couple of years. Uh, I, I wonder as well if a couple of VFL clubs will be looking out for him because he's just put together a phenomenal 2021 and 2022 as well. So and clearly a great performance as well. He'll come in. He'll play a big role I reckon because. You know, he might get someone like a, a Sam Binion or Marcus Lentini this coming week. Marcus Lentini or, you know, Ling Jong this coming weekend. It's going to be very interesting to see what Rob Mayorana does with him. But this is a seriously impressive win from West Preston Lakeside. Clearly, they put their foot off the gas in the second half. But, yeah, it, it, they had every right to because that first half just, just seemed absolutely phenomenal from them. It did, and, and it just reminded you of what they're capable of at that time of the year. But Andrea as well, I mean, even if they don't necessarily use him as a pure tagger, the fact that you have him as an option with that um, is really going to help his cause as well for what he can produce in that team. Not that we didn't know what he could do already um, with the fact that, you know, he was a team of the year member last year. Uh, so, of course, you know, just excellent the way he's been going about it. And big reason why the uh, Roosters... Uh, into a semi-final. So very close eye on that one as we get towards the preview. As we head to MC Labor Division 2, and I think we've said this many times this year, Josh, that this season in this competition, it just continues to surprise us. You just never know what's going to happen. And we had two results on the weekend that I don't think anyone could have expected to have occurred. The first one was the second semi uh, at Epping on Saturday, and it was Altham that ended a 13 winning uh, 13 game winning streak at the hands of Banyul 9 points the final margin the Bears and Banyul make their way to a second consecutive Division 2 grand final and Altham are going to have to go a long way now they um, of course as I've said hadn't lost a game I think since April was the last time they, they fell and they hadn't looked like losing a fair bit since but Banyul, they just kept them at arm's length throughout the whole game. They were just able to find ways to respond. 
At one point, Altham were up early in that last turn, but the, the Bears just kept fighting. And I didn't think they were going to purely f- from last week's performance when they let a 50-point lead slip and almost lost it against Lower Plenty. I didn't know if they had the legs to go out and hold a lead again, but they did. Um, and they did it superbly. It was just quite brilliant to see what they were able to produce. Uh, Tim Martin, again, just outstanding. He's going to get a week off, a much-needed one, I think, too. He doesn't back up games usually, so um, for him to have that rest will be very imperative for him. Adam Carafa, superb in the midfield and just had multiple goal kickers across the afternoon as well, not, not reliant on um, you know, the likes of K. Ruse or Langford to, to go out and kick bags. So um, quite brilliant from Banyol and deserving of a grand final spot in the this, fortnight's time. This is... Yeah, this came as a shock as well. I was keeping a close eye on this match and just I was surprised that to see Banyol in the lead and just to see them get the win because we've, we've both seen what Eltham have been able to do this year. They've just, you know, only lost the one game. They're, they've just been all dominant and went on that, th- yeah, like 13, or f- 13 game winning streak. But yeah, Banyol, I wonder as well, Nick, do you reckon, you know, the experienced players that had been there, you know, for that 2019 grand final, do you reckon they, you know, might have helped some of those mm. younger players push Banyol to victory and push and, you know, get them get them back the lead when Eltham took the lead in that final quarter? Well, when you're in a club that has the likes of, you know, Stanton and Dyson in, you know, around and always helping, I know they both didn't play on Saturday, but, you know, just their wisdom is always always an important thing for it. They were both there as well, um, you know, just cheering their side on. But, no, look, you know, this is a side that have been there before, and, and we spoke to Devin McDonald post-game, um, and, you know, he said that, of course, while there's a lot of players in that team that were in that 2019 decider, it feels like a different team. It is a bit of a younger team. Mm. They've been able to, to put some, I guess, you know, reserves and 19s players and give them the opportunity. Just look at James K. Ruse. He's almost had a 50-goal season yeah. um, in his first year of senior football. So, um, in a way, it is different. And I think the confidence of that team is just going to be through the roof at the moment. Their ability to, um, to have won a game like that, um, it's going to put them in good stead. And, and if they were to prevail in the grand final next week, that's... Only seven years in the competition they go from Div 3 to Div 1, which is just outstanding. Uh, but still a long way to go. And Altham, there's a lot of conjecture here about, you know, of course, should this be the game that they needed to lose, you know? Was it helpful that they're not going into a grand final having won their last 14 games because mm-hmm. of the fear that they would lose the decider? Now, they finished 16-2 and two in 2018, eased their way into a grand final and, got, and lost with the final kick of the game by six points. Now, I guess maybe that's in the back of their mind a touch, but uh, I guess some would say it might be a loss that Alton needed to have and, and just to regroup a little bit coming up against a pretty rampant Diamond Creek team. I think, yeah, it, it probably is. And it, you know, I wonder if the week's rest might have played a, a bit of a factor. You know, this is obviously the first season in, in, in MC Labor Division 2 where it's been a top five in, instead of a top four and you know they had to buy the first week I wonder if that played a factor but I think yeah that and they were comfortably getting victories as well particularly those last two weeks I think they were playing Fitzroy Fitzroy Stars and possibly Epping in those final two rounds who as we've seen this season they haven't been the greatest sides so yeah I reckon it probably is the loss that they need to yeah to regroup to you know Focus on potentially focus on their flaws as well and see what they can improve against. Yeah, a rampaging Diamond Creek side which picked up a very good win, Nick. They absolutely did, and 
We're going to speak to Andrew Tranquilli in, in a few moments about what that win means for the club. But again, another shock result, really. We saw Lowell Plenty in the, in the uh, qualifying final last week and thought, yes, they, they just fell short, but you'd expect them to go out and beat a Diamond Creek side they've beaten already this year, um, especially their recent matchup. And I think, in a sense, and obviously this is just an assumption, Alpha may be licking their lips a little bit in the sense that Lowell Plenty were the only other team to have beaten them this year. Mm-hmm. And the other time they played, it was a one-point loss for the Bears. But they're not going to have that opportunity because Diamond Creek, outstanding in the first semi-final, And they were only up by, I think it was just under a goal in the first few minutes of the final term. And they went on to kick the last three goals of the match. And even though Lower Plenty were pressing, they, they, they couldn't get scores on the board. And as a result, Diamond Creek were able to make them pay, turn it around. And I think that's the second consecutive week where it's been a similar situation. Now, we're down at three-quarter time in the elimination final against Thomastown and went on to kick a flurry of goals in the final quarter to secure, to secure a victory. They've done it here again. And that means you just can't count them out. So even when we get to the preview, of course, even if they're in a similar position against Altham, where they are down at three-quarter time, they, they absolutely can fire back and they'll have a day-less break. But, you know, for, the, for a side that hadn't played finals in five years um, and a side that had been, you know, battling for a top three spot for the last four, uh, three or four months, um, they they are looking very good at the moment at the right time of the year, Don Creek. Peaking at the right time are the Creekers. This is a seriously impressive victory against, yeah, a lower plenty side which is, has exited in straight sets, which comes as a bit of a shock to me. Last year, you know, they were by far the second best side and I thought they didn't change too much. I thought they, you know, start the season, I thought they'd be around the mark once more. But to go out in straight sets, you'd be, you know, slightly disappointed if you lower plenty, given their ending of this into the season as well. They, you know, put they got the victory over Diamond Creek, which essentially pushed them up into into that double chance but yeah clearly Diamond Creek showing why they you know deserve that double chance maybe they like the fact that they they're potentially pl- playing uh, in do or die matchups because yeah the Thomastown win was a, a really good one come well finishing off strongly and then this one finishing off strongly too I think yeah it's going to be interesting to see how well they go against an Eltham side which you know They've gone close to for for most of the year, but just you know haven't been able to get the job done. So it's going to be it's going to be an enticing preliminary final out at Ebbing Recreation Reserve, which we'll touch on later. But yeah, Lower Plenty, you'd be a little disappointed. Diving Creek, you'd be over the moon. Well, I think for Lower Plenty, and you know they had a couple of injuries throughout the year, none more so than Tom Blake, and I think mm. you know had he have been available because he was having a, putting together a fine season before his injury. Um, it meant that Tom Keys had to ruck for the entire game. And of course, as good as a pinch-hitting ruck he can be, he's obviously a lot more utilised maybe as a midfielder or even to go up forward. So had they been able to use him maybe as, as someone um, that could go in the ruck in Thomas Blake and, and maybe it's a bit of a different result. And But nonetheless, I think Lowell Plenty, um, you know, they'll obviously look at maybe changing some things up next year and you know, the Bardens are going to get a year older, so there's, I guess, a lot of discussions to have. But, yeah, it should definitely be interesting to see what they go with. But, again, we'll speak to Andrew Tranquilly soon. But before we do, we've just got to talk about this preliminary final that took place at Whittlesey Showgrounds in Heidelberg Golf Club Division 3. And, well, the Lions made a big statement to prove that they are still in the hunt to win this flag. And 
45-point uh, winners they were old, over old Alton Collegians. They never looked like losing from the opening bounce, really. Dominated from pillar to post, and um, just ensured that they have another crack at a premiership. This will be their third grand final in four deciders now. Um, they are yet to win any of them at this stage. Of course, had to go a long way to get to this point, despite finishing as the minor premiers. Um, I think it was in the way that South Morang won, very important that they were able to produce the, the performance they did. It is, and this is a good, yeah, great response from from South Morang, who clearly they are on their game after well, a disappointing performance the week before against their, well, premiership rivals and promotion rivals, Lorimer. It's, uh, they've had all the Oldham's number, the, well, the last three meetings. I think... They might have had a bit of vengeance after going down that first time at Mill Park Lakes Reserve. They've won the lo- they won the last two home and away meetings, and then they mm. win this one all out away from Mill Park Lakes Reserve. So, yeah, this is a really good a really good victory for South Morang. Yeah, much needed. Old Eltham Collegians, though, they shouldn't put their they shouldn't put their head down. They've no, put not together, at all. They've put together such a phenomenal season. You know, with the inclusions that they got, like. Your Jack Snows, your Nick Milnes, Matthew Keys, uh, Matthew Crooks as well. Those are some pretty handy inclusions, but just to be able to to make a preliminary final, and you know, whilst it wasn't the greatest ending to the season, it, it's still something to build on for the Turtles. And yeah, they'll just they were outclassed by a South Morang side looking for vengeance and. Well, it sets up a very, very enticing mm. grand final this Saturday. Well, for the Turtles, I mean, you know, they joined the league in 2019, you know, obviously just finding their feet from the VAFA and mm. um, it didn't really look like it in 2019. 2021, last year, they had a very promising season and probably were going to play finals had the season not been cut short. So um, for them to have finished, you know, in third spot for the year, um, to have won a final already at this point um, of their NFNL journey, um, they will be a, a very important side in, in recent years uh, to come, I think, because, you know, they had no Matthew Keys. They had to deal with a few injuries and inconsistencies. They went on that incredible seven-game winning streak, which, yeah. you know, took all of us by surprise. So they'll be thereabouts again, and they'll continue to recruit. They've got some really promising young talent as well across the park. So... Um, they're absolutely not out of it at this point. So we'll see what they can produce. But, of course, big grand final coming up, which we'll preview in a few moments' time. But before all of that, speaking of clubs that are on a high, we'll speak to the senior men's coach of the Diamond Creek Football Nipple Club, Andrew Tranquilly. Now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the senior men's coach of the Diamond Creek Football Nepal Club as they embark on a preliminary final this weekend. Andrew Tranquilly. Andrew, thanks so much for giving us some of your time today. We appreciate it. Not a problem, Nick. Thank you very much for having me. A fantastic victory on Sunday. A very strong four-quarter performance. Uh, ensured that the Creekers were able to make it back-to-back finals wins in the final series. What did you find so impressive about the result from your eyes? Uh, I think you just summarised it there, that it was a genuine four-quarter performance. Um, you know, we uh, look, we set ourselves up for a good finals campaign. We felt like we've really improved from day one in the summer to uh, to round 18. And, yeah, and that's where, you know, we just belief and confidence in the way we've learned a few structures and new game plan and, and it's also the players' confidence in themselves that they can play at a higher level. You know, half of our side 
that was pretty much their, this is their first finals campaign so they're not too sure what finals football means and we all know that it's pretty hot when it comes to finals footy so as I said what you said the four quarter performance was very impressive and, and that's what it takes to win finals well that confidence really shown in, in Sunday's game against the Bears because Lower Plenty were really pressing at different stages of the match and had they have kicked straight at, you know they were definitely trying to uh, find a way to get in front but your team were able to hold their nerve and, and ensure that they got over the line what allowed them to do that and, and have the confidence to just settle things down when it did get hot in the contest it was just the learning of, you know, when we win the ball that we don't need to play helter-skelter footy. Um, you know, it's, it is a fault of many young teams where you fall into, the, fall into the pressure of, you know, rebound football and thinking that you've got to go real quick to get the opposition on the counter-attack. But, no, it's been a real strong message of ours for a while that, uh, momentum is real crucial when it comes to any type of game, but especially finals football. And when we win the ball, just ball security and make the right choices with it, whether that means playing fast or slowing it down to find a safe exit or a safe option. Um, as long as we have ball control and ball security, that pretty much allows us to then dictate the way we want to move it. You've had plenty of contributors in your wins this year. You haven't necessarily been relying on on a big goal-kicking performance from a forward or, or a strong effort in the midfield or back. It, it's really been every twenty, every player in that 22 each week that has come to the task and ensured that, you know, you've been able to lead this side to victory. Have you been impressed by the unity and the, and the nature that your side have been able to, um, I guess, produce their wins by this year? I'm not sure if the word's impressed, but I'm proud of it. It's, a, it's definitely a strong message that, as a coaching panel, we tried to breed into our uh, players from day one that, you know, the 22 that represent Diamond Creek each week is exactly that. They're representing Diamond Creek, but it's not necessarily the best 22 individually that represent Diamond Creek. So we've really made sure that our list as a whole understands roles per position, per play, you know, per player, per moment. Um, and it's like similar to many AFL sides, I guess, that... Yeah, you know, yeah, you get you've got your A graders, and if they go down, well, you know, it's not like you have to panic. It's who's learnt the job, who's knows how to come in as the undertaker and and help out and and do their role. And then in doing that, it breeds confidence that once they've done the role, and then that A grader potentially is right for reselection. Well, it's not necessarily a revolving door that one out, one in. It's like okay, well, how does that person now find a second string to their bow to? improve on another part of the game so that way we build a stronger depth right across our list in the roles that we need so it's been a I guess a three learning curve with COVID um, you know the year one really we only had the one practice game but we had a full summer year two half a season so I think what we're seeing this year is the fruits of you know two to three pre-seasons of learning a new way trusting each other learning the language and but really understanding that it's all about roles and executing the roles rather than just trying to get kicks and marks and trying to be best on ground individually. It's working to a T at the moment, but of course a massive test coming up this weekend when you take on the minor premiers, Altham, in the preliminary final. Even though they've been the benchmark all year, I guess last week's loss has shown that there's a bit of vulnerability in them and that, you know, they're definitely beatable as, as we saw with Banyol. I guess... 
a two-parter. First, are you, are you surprised that it is Alpham that you'll be facing this weekend? And, and secondly, um, you've come close to him many times this year, but just haven't been able to get over the line in the end. Um, what's the belief like that you can topple him on, on Saturday? Yeah, look, I'm not surprised. Um, look, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Banyo either. It's, uh, I think the sides that uh, played finals this year, including Thomastown, each side on paper is, you know, it's phenomenal and great talent right across the paddock. Um, so this week, look, we understand that we have been close to Eltham, but we also know that they've touched us up a couple of times in the past because their brand of football is just is a very dangerous brand of football to defend and to play against. So it comes down to what we think will uh, try and halve a few contests, try and balance it out across the paddock, um, making sure that you know our structures hold up, our game plan is sound, our bodies are fit and healthy with a one day less recovery this week. So it's it's really just about we're in it now, we're here, we've got nothing to lose. And, but we've really instilled a belief that our brand of football can hold up under pressure. And that's what we're going to need, not only against Elton, but, you know, fingers crossed one week later against Banyol. It's It's been a great journey for your side so far. The first year your club have made finals in, in five years and, you, and you're doing a stellar job so far. So much so that, you know, you've been able to sign on for another senior season as senior coach, which I'm sure you're very excited about leading um, this squad again in 2023. I know you obviously don't want to look too far ahead as, as you've got some a game or, or potentially games to finish off 2022, but... Um, and you must be a bit quietly excited, at least that you know you're able to to be back at Coventry Oval for next year. Oh, absolutely! I mean, we we had started talking about it a few months ago. That I thought back then I was a bit premature to have those kind of chats. Look, my mantra about about it all is that as much as I love coaching and I love teaching the players, I'll never stand in the way of a club if they really feel that there's someone else that wants to come on board and. So I allowed the club to have that opportunity as well to, to see what they wanted to investigate or look at. But look, it all worked out that, yeah, we're all both on the same page and, and we believe that we've got a list that, yes, there is some uh, top-end players that uh, I wouldn't say they're near their tenure, but, you know, we've got a good mix of age at the top end with good two, three, five years left. But with what we do have is a strong band of 19 to 22 year olds that uh, are really being united together you know they're coming through as mates and at local football that's that's just can't be underestimated that is a, a strong element of any local football club that it is what excites me is the uh, the kids that are coming through I mean we blooded seven under 19s this year who we still have a few in the senior side um, so they're just going to be better for the run. And then we've got a good crop of under-17s coming through as well that, uh, you know, I've got no doubt we'll be able to get at least two or three of them playing senior football next year. So, no, it's a it's a good place to be. It's um, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Don't get me wrong. It has its uh, moments as well. But, um, but yeah, it's uh, very pleasing that we've uh, not only we've got one more week, hopefully two, but we've got another 12 months ahead of us. Andrew, it's been so great to chat to you. We appreciate you giving us a bit of your time today. Congratulations on getting it to this stage of the final series. All the best for what lies ahead this week and potentially next week as well. No, not a problem, Nick. Really appreciate your time. Thanks very much, mate. That was the senior men's coach of the Diamond Creek Football Netball Club, Andrew Tranquilly, joining us. And 
What we'll do now is we'll have a quick review of what took place at Latrobe Sports Stadium on Friday night for the first of our Winter Netball Grand Finals. It was so great to get back to Grand Finals in our Winter Netball competition. It's been so long. Of course, 2021, we couldn't complete the season. 2020, never even had a campaign. And finally, this year, we were able to have Winter Netball Grand Finals. And we kicked off with sections 4 to 13 on a very busy Friday night. Um, and Josh, you were there helping us out throughout the uh throughout the night which is which is great and you know it was so good to get some coverage and yeah and to see these teams with the premierships some for the first time some for many times beforehand so great to see so we'll run through these results um from what took place section four it was north Heidelberg five getting a 14 goal win over whittlesea one uh, and that was a, a pretty decent result you know the eagles were uh, made them work for it at different times, but they were able to get the job done. Uh, North Heidelberg, seven. Also, uh, so the Bulldogs continuing their premiership run here. They got a four, uh, sorry, a four-goal win over Laylor once. And that was a very tight game um, against the Bloods, and they were able to just push through in the end and claim the important triumph. Uh, in Section 6, we had Diamond Creek, four, defeat Latrobe, one by three goals. That was a really close mm-hmm. game as well. Um, and, and the fact that Diamond Creek 4 finished fourth spot on the ladder as well for him to have won the, the premiership from there was very impressive. Uh, and in Section 7, uh, and I'll get you to chat a bit more about this one, Josh, yeah. South Morang won, defeating Bandura by nine goals. And, um, you know, definitely a very strong atmosphere at that court. Mm. Uh, but I think the Lions definitely deserve to win that premiership the way they were playing. Yeah, that th- the first three quarters, they were, you know, the dominant side. They, uh, I think... And, you know, Bandura, they came back. They came back in that final quarter, but the Lions, they just held on. It's a, a great victory, a great achievement for them. Second consecutive premiership for South Morang won. And, yeah, it was a really great crowd. At 9.30 at night too, which was which was great to see, yeah. um, you know, all those supporters get around the Bulls and, and the Lions. And yeah, it was a terrific victory from South Morang, very much deserved. And then we move to Section 8, Another close game there between Bandura 5 and Hume 3, and it was the Bulls. They were able to hold on for a three-goal win for the Section 8 Premiership. Section 9, we had Epping 3 defeat Kilmore 3, and that was a very comprehensive victory. 22 goals was the final margin. And then Section 10, Josh Lowell, plenty 1 defeating Kilmore 4 by six goals. And we'll chat to uh, captain and best on court, Bianca Clamp, in a few moments, but a six-goal win for their first ever premiership in the NFL winter competition. Which is great for them. It adds another premiership trophy to the cabinet out there at Montmorency Park South, and it was thoroughly enjoyable. And you know, thirteen only thirteen goals in that first half as well, which you know shows how on the both sides' defenses were. But it was just enough for Lowell Plenty to 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 get the victory. Kilmore came back, but. Yeah, it was it was a terrific victory for the Bears, much deserved. And yeah, the the one of the players that we're going to chat with, Bianca Clamp, much deserved best on ground, I reckon. It was all the players did really well, but I was really impressed with Bianca Clamp's work down in the down in the defensive half. And then moving on to section eleven, it was Heat eight. It was a brilliant twenty-five goal victory. I think that was the largest margin we had for the night, and that was a solid performance from Heat. Uh, section 12, West Ivanhoe 1, getting their third premiership in the NFL competition, defeating Epping by 14 goals. So, 
very impressive stuff. They finished on top all year as well. Did the Roosters, and then we had the fairy tale story in Section 13. Donnybrook won, of course, the Dragons, their first ever season in the NFNL winter competition. We, of course, chatted to Ashley Hansen, who ended up winning best on court in the Dragons' uh, 12-goal win over Heat 7. They finished third on the ladder to end the year. They actually had a losing record, 6-7-1. and one. They went on to claim a very historic triumph. It is a historic triumph. And, yeah, it was the fairy tale story of the night, just just seeing them get up and the emotions at the end as well. It was it was terrific to see them get up and get that, get that victory and a comfortable victory at that. They'd, you know, been on a good run towards the end, towards the end of the season and finals and... Yeah, just to see them get up, it's it's great to see Ashley Hansen as well. Yeah, she was she was quite phenomenal in gold defence as well, much like Bianca Clamp for lower plenty. And this is yeah, this is a terrific victory for the Dragons and really something to build on for years to come in the netball competition. Absolutely, and so great to see a nice healthy crowd throughout all ten sections. And of mm-hmm. course, it doesn't stop there. This Friday night, three massive section one, two, and three games. For, uh, to decide premierships in all of those and we'll get to those in the preview section of the pod in a few moments time but what we'll do now of course is chat as we said to the lower plenty one captain best on court and premiership winner of the lower plenty one side Bianca Clamp now joining us on the NFNL podcast is the captain of the lower plenty one side that went on to win the Section 10 NFNL Winter Netball Premiership on Friday night and also took home the best on court medal just as a bit of an extra. It's Bianca Clamp joining us. Bianca, thank you so much for coming on and giving us some of your time. You must still be buzzing after what took place on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely, and thanks for having me, Nicholas. Yeah, we're, we're over the moon and still coming down off the high and I, and still, I can't stop smiling. The first time in Lower Plenty's netball history that they, they're able to take home a, a winter netball premiership. How proud do you and your team feel that, you know, that you were able to accomplish what you did uh, a few days ago? Yeah, oh, over the moon. Um, proud's definitely a word that comes to mind, but it's so hard to put um, the feelings into words. I think we've, we've been in the, the league now for uh, five years and there's been some, some close games that, uh, you know, to get us there to the granny and, and just slight misses and then obviously COVID hit in. So to be able to sort of push through that and come out uh, this year and, and get to the get to the granny and take the win, um, yeah, uh, for myself to be able to captain the team through that for the last five years and, and to be able to stand by the club and, and see that happen was just incredible. Talk about close games. Friday night was close at times as well. You were able to withstand some pretty strong Kilmore resistance towards the end of the match, but the whole team were just able to pull through and and claim the flag. You know, are you impressed that your side could keep their composure when when the intensity lifted throughout that grand final and, and ensured that it was your team lifting up the cup? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, we went out there and we had our, we had our game plan and we knew it was going to be sort of more of a, a mental plan for us. And we said, we just need to go out there and treat this like any other game and, and play our brand of netball. Um, and hopefully that will that get us the win. So we went out very strong and we, we felt that. Um, and in the third quarter, Kilmore definitely came back. And, and I think we we're a little bit tired and the adrenaline was probably wearing off. But um, yeah, Kilmore came back and got a bit close there but the team sort of just you know gathered their composure and we all gave each other a bit of a look to say hey we know what to do here we know our roles let's just push through for an extra that last quarter and um yeah everyone did that we they all played everyone in the team played their role and yeah able to get up there and hold on for that win 
Kilmer and, and yourself were one of the two of the three sides that finished the year on nine wins. So it was pretty tight up the top. And I guess nobody really knew who were going to be the two teams in the grand final, even though, of course, you know, the Bears finished on top due to percentage. After, yeah. I guess, the home and away campaign, what, what was your expectations heading into the finals? Did you, did you feel like you were primed and, and ready to go all the way and, and win this premiership? Or did you know it was going to be a bit of a, a tough slog trying to get through some of these other uh, sides near the top? Yeah, definitely. I think a bit of both. I think you have to go in with that confidence um, to know that, you know, this this could be yours to win and um, to be able to give you that extra sort of, um, you know, push uh, for the team. But look, we always knew it was going to be Latrobe, Kilmore and us up there um, throughout the season. That was evident. Every time we came up against the two teams, it was always close. Um, and, the, the, you know, the final to get into the green was it was a point, you know, uh, a decider by a point. So um, to see, yeah, to beat Latrobe in that and get straight to the green was obviously great for us because it gave us the week off and to really reset and um and go into the uh, granny a little bit uh, clear-minded and uh, fresh but um yeah to see Kimball there too look they're a very deserving team they were great throughout the season and we um we really enjoy playing a team like that and as I mentioned off the top just a best on court for you as well just to add to your uh, medal collection of course you know won their best and fairest for section nine in 2019 as well it must just give you a little bit of joy to you know to see that your contribution as well was, uh, was able to help your side win the flag yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I say this, you know, I'm a defender. When a defender wins anything, I'm always surprised and wrapped for them. So it's always an extra sort of kick. But, um, yeah, look, I mean, you know, I play, I play netball. It's a team sport. Those individual medals, uh, yeah, they're fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's great and it gives you a bit of a, a boost. But um, if I wanted to, you know, play an individual sport um, for glory for myself, I'd be playing tennis. So I'm out there for the team. And that medal means, um, you know, uh, it's for the team uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, it's, yeah, great. As I said, it's a good touch. But... Yeah, everyone out there played their game on Friday night and it could have been anyone. So, yeah, very proud of everyone. Well, you, you, exactly right because you talk about the team and, you know, of course, while someone had to win the best on court, you know, it felt like a real, you know, team performance. Everybody on that court was able to play their role throughout the entire match. Did you did you feel the sense of that unity throughout the whole season with, with the girls that you were playing with on Friday night? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it was really great to see because a lot of um, some of the players coming in this year were new to the club. Um, so it was a bit of a, or was a new team at the start of the year. There's um, two of us have been around for five years, but a few others were, um, were, you know, grabbed along the way and there's a few new ones this year. So over the season, we really had to, you know, find our groove and it takes a little while sometimes, but we were able to do that by, you know, I think we all very mentally, we knew that we played a really good mental game um, and we each and every one of us knew what our role was through the season. And we just worked on that. We worked on our strengths. We knew whatever I needed to do out there. Um, and that was evident towards the end of the season and especially on Friday night. You mentioned, of course, five years now that Lower Plenty have had a team in our NFNL winter netball competition. And, of course, you were able to claim that elusive flag on Friday night. What does the future hold, do you think, for Lower Plenty netball? Do you feel like you can you can get a few more sides going in the near future and, and I guess, start to build around getting, you know, girls involved in this, in this netball program at the club? Yeah, absolutely, and that's what we want to see. I mean, it's um the the NFNL league in itself is just amazing where it's come and what they do for women in sport, and to be part of that's amazing. But um, we we'd love to grow this. You know, Lower Plenty, it's an amazing club. I've been part of it for oh, forever. My brother plays football down there. We've been part of the club for for years and years. So it's an amazing club, and to see to be able to bring the cup home for the club in itself was an amazing feeling, and is an amazing feeling. Um, but yeah, hopefully this sort of grand final win and just the, the I guess the 
the drive we're on now, the, you know, the excitement of the team and what we can do. And I guess all I can say is anyone want to come play for a premiership club, come on down to Lower Plenty. <laughs> well, there's no reason why not after Friday night, that's for sure. Bianca, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us um, your experiences from Friday night and looking forward to seeing you back out on the court next year. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for it. Thanks for having me. Great to chat to Bianca Clamp there from the Lower Plenty Netball side. I'm sure they'll be celebrating hard from their uh, inaugural NFL Premiership win for the club. And there'll be some clubs that are trying to vie for those flags in the weeks to come. But we'll begin with the uh, preview of what will take place this weekend in our senior men's competitions because we've got some fantastic fixtures including. And we might as well start with the Heidelberg Golf Club Division Three Grand Final between Lorimer and South Morang at the Whittlesea Showgrounds from 2.10. So make sure you get down and support uh, both clubs as they look to claim the flag and move up to Division Two. Now, of course, we only saw these sides two weeks earlier, Josh, and it was the power that put in a, a dominant performance over South Morang. Just, they played their natural game, didn't allow the Lions to do what they could. Um, and as a result... They are in their first grand final since joining the competition. And who knows? They could win their first ever flag. But South Morang will be coming in hot from the prelim result. And it looks like we've got a fascinating matchup taking place. And would you believe it as well? It's South Morang's third grand final in fourth attempts. You know, mm. 24, I just saw this as well. 2014, 15, 16, and 18, they lost prelims. You know, they lost the 2017 grand final to Banyol, 2019 to, to Penn Hill, and now they get a third attempt here to against the third different side too in mm-hmm. in Lorimer. It's it's quite phenomenal, and yeah, it's go, it's going to be really exciting, Jill. The past couple of years between the Power and South Morang have all been really close matchups. So if you know, you've seen them plenty of times in the last couple of years. I think we've. You know, may, might have done the three match of the round so far between Lorimer and South Morang these last two seasons. And yeah, they've all lived up to the hype. Mm. South Morang, they're, you know, they're coming, they are coming in hot. Lorimer, though, they're going to be confident. They've, you know, given the ledger from this season, two wins, a pe- two wins apiece. And they're going to be pretty confident. They're really confident, actually. Cause, and they're going to be fresh, too. South Morang... They are, though, coming off that really impressive win. And, yeah, can't wait to see it all unfold. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting to see who can get on top. I think South Morang will definitely have learnt a bit from that semi-final loss a couple of weeks ago. And if they can just put it all together again, it's going to be interesting to see who prevails. The ruck situation is also going to be one to look out for now. Mm-hmm. South Morang, no Lazaric and no Stefanol. Both of them suspended. Josh Leather, of course... The main ruck, a previous team of the year ruckman for Lorimer. He'll be playing, of course, this weekend. Um, and it means that, you know, that could be where it's won and lost, particularly in the midfield. They'll get Ty Hall back from the last meeting they had, of course, and that will be handy. But, um, yeah, that midfield's battle is going to be strong. It is going to be very exciting. And it could be Josh Leather that decides. It's last, no Lazaric and Stefanol, particularly no Stefanol, who knows the Willsey showgrounds given he... You know, he was he came across from the Eagles this season. It's it's a bit of a big blow, but yeah, I think that could potentially prove a deciding factor. Although, yeah, it's going to be it it, it probably will, but it's going to be interesting to see if 
South Morang's midfield can step up and you know lessen the impact of leather in ruck. Who's your tip and what's the margin going to be? And give me a best on ground as well. Oh, off the top of your head, that's a tough one. Uh, South Morang. Oh, you're going I, lines. I'm okay. going the lines. Eight points. It's Ooh, going to be single digits. Okay, yeah. And my best on ground, I reckon it's going to be Mitch Kalpakis. Yeah, very good he's call. a really good He's been phenomenal in defence this year, and I just think he's going to step up on the big stage. Do you have a prediction, Nick? Yeah, well, I mean, Kalpakis is a good shout, of course. You know, played some forward at the start of the year while they dealt with some injury issues. But, mm. um, no, he's had a great campaign and, and could be in the running. If, if they do win the Lions, I think he will definitely play a key part. I'm going the power here, and I, I really think they'll be primed to, to take it up to South Morang again. Um, and I, It's probably going to be a lot closer than the semi-final. I'm going to go 19-point winners, Lorimer, and I'm going Nathan Andrews to be the best on ground now. As you said, That's another one that knows <laughs> the showgrounds pretty well um, and one that really stood up. Um, so Nathan Andrews, I think Luke Wilson will also come very close. Um, and if, if and if he's on, definitely could be one that gets over the line. We'll head to MC Labor Division 2 previews. Um, we've got a massive preliminary final. As, as of course, we spoke to Andrew Tranquilly um, just earlier in the episode. But they'll come up against a rampant Altham who will, I think, it's very rare that you'll see this Panthers side lose... T- twice in a row, although finals definitely is a different ball game. Yeah. Very excited to see who can get on top and make their way to a grand final against Banyul. Yeah, and uh, I think second meeting was pretty close between these two at Coventry Oval. I think Eltham won comfortably as well the first meeting, and this is going to be a really close game as well, I reckon, just because mm. yeah, the Diamond Creek coming in equally rampant. Eltham, they've been rampant all year and are coming off a loss. I wonder... You know, if that will galvanise them, if they will be angry after going down and, you know, going down to their premiership and, you know, promotion rivals in Banyol, it's it's all set up to be a very interesting matchup out at Epping Recreation Reserve. I just wonder as well if, you know, I think you touched on how Diamond Creek have been able to finish games. If they're in within, you know, three goals at, a three a three quarter time or at the start of the fourth, I reckon they could potentially come back. It's it's going to be very interesting to see what Eltham do though. Yeah, it will be fascinating. Who can get on top? If you had to pick a prediction for this one, who do you think gets over the line? I think Eltham. They're just. It's hard for me to see them losing two games in a row. Too it, finals is a different game, but mm. they'll also have that psychological edge, knowing that they've. They've won, they've won both cla- both clashes against the Kriegers this year. And, you know, they are sort of local rivals as well, the Panthers and the Kriegers, and they want to get up over them. And I think, I reckon it's going to be 15 points. I reckon Ooh. they'll just have too big of a lead at three-quarter time. Diamond Creek will put up a fight, but I just think Eltham, they'll just be too classy and be determined to respond. Yeah, I'll agree with you on this one. I reckon the Panthers get up and prevail and they'll bounce back and earn themselves another shot at a first senior men's premiership in 20 years. So I think Altham get the job done. Melbourne Greyhounds Division 1 and again, two really big finals taking place. We'll begin with the second semi on the Saturday between Heidelberg and Bandura. 1v2 to Tigers, another team that haven't lost in quite a while. They don't want the same uh, to fall to the same fate that uh, Altham did last week. But... 
this Tigers side looks incredibly strong. Um, and even though Bandura are in good form, they could be very difficult to get a hold of. They could, but, you know, we saw with, with Altham last week, they were pretty much running rampants for the entire Division 2 season, but they did went, they went down. And it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, if it will be a similar story. And we touched on it as well, Bandura coming in in really, really good form, winning their last five matches, their key players, you know, Sam Lloyd is getting into really good form. John Jorgensen after, I think it was a goalless game, which we saw against Greensboro. He's been in really good form. They've got plenty of talent all over the park. And, you know, this Heidelberg side, they're, they're going to be tested. They're going to be really test, tested. I think, you know, they're still a young side. I wonder if they're still a young side, which might not know, you know, Preston City Oval too well. I wonder if that might play a role, but... It's going to be it's going to be very very interesting between the Tigers and the Bulls. It's going to be ferocious, and you know Heidelberg ran away with both matches this season, but I don't think it's going to be the same here. I think Bandura will go all out here, try and get this win, and if they're able to pull off a, a fantastic result, set themselves up for a grand final. But I think the Tigers will get up, but it's going to be very very tight. I don't see it being a blowout or a big margin here. I think Heidelberg will win, and it'll be very very close. I wouldn't be surprised if it is, you know, a comfortable victory for Heidelberg, like it has been the first two meetings. But I, I do think it's going to be single digits for the Tigers. It's hard to go past them. They've been just yeah phenomenal all season long. When the biggest surprise packet of Mel- Melbourne Greyhounds Division One, I reckon, and. Yeah, they'll get the victory. It's going to be single digits, though, I reckon. It's, uh, I'm loving single digits this, this episode, but I genuinely think it's going to be single digits. It's got to go right down to the wire, Preston City. Don't blame you at all there, Josh. And one that could also be the same is the first semi-final that takes place this Sunday between Montmorency and West Preston Lakeside. Now, the Roosters beat this team just a couple of weeks ago, and they've now set themselves up to perform up to their standards. Of course, Preston City Oval Finals time, they come alive and I think this is where we'll see if they're really up to the task because while Montmorency haven't been in great form lately, they're still a very powerful side. Uh, we saw them against, we saw these two teams play at J.E. Moore Park and Montmorency pretty much dominated them after three-quarter time. But, you know, it could be the recent form that helps get West gets West Preston Lakeside over the line. Matthew Harmon was terrific over the weekend, taking care of Tom Brindley in pure ruck standards. And again, with no whale bucks in this week for the Magpies, means that Harmon could have another field day. And if the midfield's on like they were on the weekend with Federico and uh, Mike Workalano, then, yeah, I, I think West Preston could cause an upset. Yeah, it, it's one of those cases as well. You know, I've been talking about thinking about this for a while now you know you you sort of fall out of love with the side that lost the qualifying final and the side that won the elimination final but you do you do ha- really have a case to stick with the winner of the elimination final given it's West Preston Lakeside and you know they've come from fourth before to win premierships and they're really peaking at the right time and you know on Sunday it would have been a fortnight ago that they defeated they defeated Montmorency Monty. out at Montmorency Park too, and that was a that was a come from behind victory, three goals to I think it was just the one in the final quarter. So they're going to be really, really confident, and with some really good reinforcements back into this lineup, and with their midfield firing, it's going to be. It, I reckon 
It's going to be West Preston Lakeside. I wouldn't. I'm going to actually back them to win by by that same margin they won by a couple of weeks ago, two goals. Just because, yeah, Montmorency will put up a fight, but I think, yeah, West Preston Lakeside there have been phenomenal these last couple of weeks, and their form will continue and sets up a. A very interesting date with Bandura in, well, potentially Bandura or, or Heidelberg in, you know, the preliminary final. Look, I, I don't think it's going to be a clear-cut West Preston Lakeside victory. Um, I am going to tip them, but I think that Montmorency will respond in a big way as well, and they'll ensure that um, that it won't be an easy beat if they are to go down. Patrick Fitzgerald will be tough to stop. Um, West Preston Lakeside, I know they've had a pretty strong defensive unit and, you know, had Ethan Penrith back, of course, but yeah. he's going to be difficult if they if he gets on a run. We saw what they did against a quality defensive outfit like Bandura, kicking five. Well, they cannot afford to let him get loose on the chain because if he does, he could have a really big day out and that could be a catalyst towards Montmorency's victory. But I think I said it in the call on Sunday. While the Roosters are playing in finals, I will never not back them until they're out, <laughs> completely out. So I'm going West Preston Lakeside to prevail. But again, a case where you wouldn't be surprised if Montmorency were able to, to win and win comfortably. Then, of course, as we said, three big Winter Netball Grand Finals to wrap up the, the Winter Netball season. Um, starting with Section 3, Greensboro taking on Heat. Sorry, Greensboro 2 taking on Heat 2 in Section 3. That's at 630 North Heidelberg 1 versus Diamond Creek 1. Now, this is the big one. Section 1. That's going to be massive because Diamond Creek 1, I, I cannot remember off the top of my head, but I believe it's maybe 11, 12 or 13 consecutive Section 1 premierships <laughs> for them. Um, and they actually upset North Heidelberg 2 in the preliminary final last Friday night to get to this stage. Uh, it's going to be a very tough task against this Bulldogs outfit who have been dominant all year round. Um, and that could be a fascinating result. That could be very fascinating. And... Well, Diamond Creek won in the netball, much like West Preston Lakeside in the football. It's They just know how to win in finals, and they do have the talent. But, yeah, I saw North Heidelberg won earlier in the season against a resilient Heat 1 lineup, but mm. they've just, they're just got class everywhere. You know, the likes of Paris Bichidier uh, and Chloe Lambert off the top of my head as well. It is going to, it's going to be really, really hard for... Diamond Creek and it'd be a phenomenal upset as well if they did get up. Yeah, exactly right. It's going to be a great game to look at. And of course, we've got Section 2 and it's the two North Heidelberg sides there. <laughs> um, the Bulldogs, their third and fourth teams taking on each other in the Section 2 grand final. It's at 9 o'clock. So no matter what, they're going to get a premiership in North Heidelberg. Well, at least one, that's for sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, we'll see what happens if they can continue to uh, dominate not just this year but the years to come and see what the Bulldogs can do on the netball stage but I think that's just about all we have time for on this week's edition of the NFL podcast Josh Ward thank you for coming on looking forward to a massive weekend of action in our football and netball comps as I said at the top always a pleasure and cannot wait for this weekend it's going to be very very exciting to see and very exciting as well to see the first senior men's premiership well senior men's premiership crowned in three years it's it's going to be a big weekend it absolutely is I've been your host Nicholas Sacco and you've been listening to the NFNL podcast <laughs>